Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, March 9th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we're talking Big 12 basketball ahead of the tournament that begins on Wednesday, and joining us are three beat writers who cover the league as well as their teams. Gary Bedore on Kansas, Kellis Robinette on Kansas State, and Drew Davison, who covers TCU for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, break down the tournament and predict winners. We open by talking about the Big 12 honors that were announced on Monday and have a few things to say about the Player of the Year race. Oklahoma State freshman Cade Cunningham won it over Baylor's Jared Butler. Was that the right call? After a break, you'll hear some nice words about the tournament from Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, and Kathy Nelson, President of the Kansas City Sports Commission. They held a news conference via Zoom on Tuesday morning, and they'll let you know about the events that are and are not happening around the men's and women's tournaments. So let's get started talking Big 12 tournaments with the Beat Riders. And what a cast we have assembled here today to talk Big 12 tournament. Kellis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star. Gary Bedore, also of those fine publications. And Drew Davidson, who covers TCU for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good, Blair. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, man. Good talking to you. Good catching up. And uh, um, Big 12 Tournament Week uh, is is here. And it was here last year. At least we got it started, right? Um, but but uh, didn't get it finished. In fact, didn't get past the first night. So uh, things will be different this year in Kansas City with – um, the the power and light district won't be hopping the way it has in years past. They're not they're not cutting off Grand Avenue in front of the T-Mobile Center, and even that's different. The name of the building, right? It was Sprint Center last year. It is now T-Mobile Center. So a lot of difference between this year and and previous years. But um, we we have a bracket and we got games that we're expecting to be played, and I'm looking forward to it. I. I don't know about you guys, but I certainly am looking forward to it. So before we get into the tournament, I wanted to ask you guys about some news this week. This happens every year. The All-Big 12 team gets announced. And uh, I guess the first the first eye-opener for me, Gary, is no KU player on the first team. And I don't believe that has happened for a while. Yeah, not since uh, 1999-2000. Uh, but in 0708, the AP did not have a Jayhawk on the first team because they all split the vote with Rush and all those guys, Darrell Arthur and all those guys. But uh, they had KU had Garrett and McCormack on the second team this year, and uh, Self said that he really didn't disagree with with much of it. He thought Ochayek Baji should have made one of the three teams and Jalen Wilson should have made honorable mention, but uh, he wasn't all that upset or anything, but a little surprising on McCormack maybe, but uh, Baylor got the two guys on there and, and uh, those two guys are pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, that 08 Kansas team, they kind of stunk that year, didn't they? Uh, was that <laughs> <right>? <laughs> no, you're right. I remember that. That was the national championship team. And, and everybody's statistics, Mario Chalmers and Arthur and, and Rush, they all kind of looked the same. So people didn't know who 
you know, who, who to vote for first team. And yeah. Um, so it was kind of, they, they weren't even the one seed at the big 12 tournament that year. <laughs> That's exactly Rods. right. Yeah, up until like 2019, that was the last time that KU wore blue uniforms or non-white uniforms at the Big 12 tournament. They had been the one seed every year since then. So I think that's right. Or it's just something like that. It was, it was something bizarre like that. Um, uh, so other, you know, other, uh, Gary mentioned the two Baylor players on the first team. One of course is Jared Butler. And I thought he was going to be named the Big 12 Player of the Year. I, I thought it would be close. I thought mm-hmm. Kate Cunningham, mm-hmm. the great freshman from Oklahoma State, would get consideration. Turns out he got more than consideration. He got the honor. Kate, uh, Kate Cunningham from Oklahoma State, Big 12 Player of the Year, over the senior from Baylor, Jared Butler. Kellis and Drew, what do you guys think of that? Was that was the right call made there? I, I, I'm with you, Blair. I think Jared Butler, in fact, on my AP ballot, I put Jared Butler as the, the player of the year. I thought, you know, just overall, when, when you look at Baylor as a team, he was the best player on the best team. Uh, and, and that's nothing against Cade Cunningham. I mean, he grew up right down the road here in Fort Worth in, in Arlington. Uh, had the 40-point game a couple uh, games ago against Oklahoma. Um, but to me, I, I just, you know, he obviously screams NBA talent, NBA build, but it just felt like, Hey, you know, we've got the number one pick in the NBA draft. We need to make him our player of the year rather than, uh, anything else in my opinion. The the most surprising thing about it to me was that the coaches are the ones that voted Cunningham. Uh, typically they're pretty, uh, pretty dead set on, you have to be on, the league championship team to, uh, to win player of the year. That's really historically been it. If, if you're not on the, on that team, you better put up some incredible numbers. And I, I, I'm like Drew, I actually voted Jared Butler number one in my, uh, for the AP poll. Um, I thought he would have gotten it. The only thing I can think of, well, the only two things I can think of is why they sided with Cunningham is one Baylor did miss a lot of games and maybe just not having a complete body of work there hurt, uh, hurt Butler a little bit. And two, I think um, whenever you put up just a big game like Cunningham did when he had 40, 40 and 10 against Oklahoma, that kind of game really sticks out in people's minds. And I think that maybe pushed him over the, the, the threshold a little bit. Uh, coaches remembered that and said, you know what, if we got a guy in our league who can have a double-double with 40 points and help Oklahoma State end the season on a tear like they did, I think that's why he got it by a little bit. I still would have gone Butler. I don't think it's like a travesty or anything like that, that, uh, that Cunningham won it, but I am surprised. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't, didn't, um, Oklahoma state just go to West Virginia and win and Cunningham didn't play. Yeah. Uh, they won without Cade and, uh, Isaac likely. So, so, uh, quite a job by Mike Boynton who self thought, uh, could have battled Drew for coach of the year. It, the other two things I didn't yeah. like about the uh, the all conference team was why do they have six people on the all Big Twelve third team? Come on, <laughs> somebody off there. Yeah, right. Well, well when I thought T- Terrence Shannon, I mean he's a I mean he's a good talent, and whatever, but I don't think he belongs on there. Just cut his name off. Yeah, well, well I was actually surprised Mark Vital from Baylor didn't get on one of those first three teams. I mean, if, if you look at defense and, and obviously Marcus Garrett is kind of known as the best defensive player, but I would put uh, Mark right 
they're up there in that class. And, and, you know, he kind of got snubbed off with three teams. And I, I, I know for a fact that did not go unnoticed by some Baylor fans. I, I would also say from, from Kansas State's perspective, they don't have much to complain about here, mm-hmm. but there was some, was some, uh, some anger that Nigel Pack didn't make the all-freshman team. I think you could argue he he belongs on there more than Jalen Bridges from West Virginia, but we're splitting hairs if we're going that far down the team. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But not, Nigel Pack was wasn't he wasn't he their best player? If there's a team MVP, is it does it does Nigel get it this year? Probably him or Mike McGurl. And McGurl was the one the lone person who got honorable mention from Kansas State. So, so one of the other coaches liked him enough to put him on there. I would have I would have said Pack over Bridges. Bridges only averaged about five point eight points a game. Pack was at twelve. So Bridges did have some good games down the stretch, though. So I, I think some coaches maybe looked at that and just said, "Ah, eh, he's a freshman. He scored twenty on us. Put him on there." <laughs> All right, just to just to um, get it on the record, the the first team was uh, Jared Butler, Cade Cunningham, Derek Culver from uh, from West Virginia, Austin Reach from Oklahoma, and Davion Mitchell also from Baylor. So uh, Mitchell and Butler from Baylor on, on, on the first team. And um, so Cunningham and Butler were the only unanimous selections according to the big 12. And as, uh, as Gary mentioned, this is the coaches team. Uh, there, there is an associated press team. Uh, you guys, um, if not all of you vote on that, I, to be honest with you, I, I put a little poor, put a little more stock in that team anyway. Um, and uh, I, I think that, the AP probably does itself a disservice by not having their team out first because whether, you know, whether, a con- you know, the big 12 will acknowledge the conference team in the record book, the conference team is, is what goes in the, you know, uh, on the, on the, uh, on the records, but whatever team comes out first is the one that people talk about and AP probably should have come out with theirs first. So, um, okay. Um, moving on the, the Big 12 tournament uh, is, it starts on Wednesday with a pair of games. And, Kellis, um, Kansas State has the distinction of having played in the last Big 12 tournament game of 2020 and the first Big 12 tournament game of 2021. In a normal circumstance, that would be pretty cool, right? I mean, they, they, that means they mm-hmm. played in the championship the previous year. Not the case. Um, but, uh, but it's no Kansas State, TCU – in the the eight nine game, and I want to get both Kellis and Drew's opinion on this. But Kellis, let's start with you. Um, uh, K State is just playing, you know, playing their best basketball of the season over the last two and a half weeks or so, and they've got to feel pretty good about themselves going into this. Yeah, um, I mean, they like where they're at, and uh, I would say some Kansas State fans would disagree with you that they were not in the championship game last year. I mean, uh, they were they were the the Big 12, they are the the Big 12 defending co-champions here, tournament co-champs <laughs> heading into this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as this year goes, I mean, up until February 17th, uh, it, it was a, a rough season. They were 5-18. and 18. They'd lost 13 straight games, which is the longest in-season losing streak in school history. They lost to Fort Hayes State at home. Everything was going bad. And then all of a sudden, hey, they go down to, to Fort Worth and beat TCU. And they beat Oklahoma back before they uh, were the number seven seed in the tournament. They were the ranked number seven nationally, actually. That, that shows you how deep this tournament is, that a team that like two weeks ago was in the top ten is playing on the opening day of this tournament. Um, and then they round things out with a win over Iowa State. I mean, 
unbelievably, they've won three of their last four. If they beat TCU, that'll be four or five. And um, all of a sudden, you're looking at it and saying, hey, there's actually some momentum going into next season. And I think the big thing for them is just that they found some continuity in their lineups. And just for whatever reasons, COVID, uh, injury after injury after injury, they couldn't get the same lineup and rotation out on the floor when they were losing games. And now they've really started to find something with, with Nigel Pack and Mike McGurl as their primary shooters. Selton Miguel getting out and defending people, and um, they've 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 quit trying to to play two big men at the same time. Now it's just Davion Bradford in the middle or Casey Eziagu in the middle. Nobody else, all small guys, and it, it's working for them. So I, I'm skeptical they can make a run just because Baylor looms in the second round, even if they beat TCU. But you're you're going to see their best effort, and um, I think the days of them you know losing like they were early in the season are behind. So what's the story with Antonio Gordon? Um, we, we don't have an uh, official, I mean, like diagnosis on him. Bruce Weber kind of vaguely said it was total health issues or the reason why he's out. Um, it, it's just basically at a point where I, I think they've given him a leave of absence from the team. Um, you can read into that what you want. I, I think there's maybe some disciplinary actions going on there on top of him just bit maybe being worn out from the season, but uh, he, he was not on the floor. He wasn't uh, anywhere at the arena when they played Iowa state last week. He's not going to be in Kansas city. Um, and uh, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see if he uh, can, can get out of the doghouse and, and play next season. But I think even that's up in the air right now. Okay. The other purple clad team uh, TCU in this game, just the opposite of K state when it comes to recent success, right, Drew? Oh yeah, I mean they they've lost six of the last seven, and in K State, it was a very bad loss for TCU uh, in, in Fort Worth, especially you know just how f- physical uh, K State was. Uh, they won the rebounding battle, I think, by six or seven, uh, outscored them in the paint, thirty to sixteen. So um, TCU is definitely struggling, but you know, kind of typical of a twelve and thirteen team. They've had their moments. I mean, they swept Oklahoma State, so they have they led. Uh, KU and Baylor at halftime. So they have had, uh, you know, some spurts where they played pretty well. Um, but, it, you, you know, like most teams, they've, you know, battled some injuries. Uh, one of their best guards, Francisco Farabella, has been out uh, pretty much the whole year. He's not going to play again this year. Um, so that they're kind of just trying to find different pieces. Um, but with that being said, you know, as crazy as it sounds, TCU still has an outside shot at the NIT. Uh, with the Big 12 likely sending the first seven uh, to the NCAA tournament, if the NIT wants a Big 12 representative, you, you'd think TCU's uh, kind of next in line, but they, they've got to beat K-State uh, in the first round to even have a shot at that. Yeah, and TCU, I think, is one game under 500 overall right now. Um, so it just, so right. it is – but look, that is a carrot out there for them. I mean, you can sell that. If you're Jamie Dixon, aren't you selling that to your guys? You've got – a postseason possibility if you come up here and play well? Oh, I, I, absolutely. And and I do think, you know, just from Jamie Dixon's perspective, he's never had a losing season. So um, right now they're 12 and 13. So if they obviously lose to Kansas State, <laughs> that'll be their first losing season. And, uh, you know, obviously the, there's some motivation there and the NITs being played in Dallas-Fort Worth this year. Um, it's only 16 teams. And, and like I said, I, I don't think it's a guarantee uh, TCU gets in, but if the tournament does want a Big 12 team, uh, it, that's there for them. 
Um, and, and obviously, I, I know the NIT uh, is pretty familiar with TCU. Um, I'm sure Jamie Dixon's probably not too happy with that statement, but uh, that's kind of where, where they've been the last couple of years. Okay, the other game, uh, the second game on Wednesday is uh, Oklahoma against Iowa State. Iowa State, wow, 0-18 in conference play. That's never happened uh, for that program. They've never had a winless or never lost that many conference games in a year. And Oklahoma is – they're still in the top 25. I think they hung on at number 25 in the AP poll uh, this week. So you've got a – you know, that that would – track you as a, I don't know, six, seven seed, maybe in the NCAA tournament looks like a mismatch to me, but the winner of that game takes on Kansas on, um, on, on Thursday and Gary, um, the, um, the Jayhawks and Sooners, let's just, let's, let's go ahead and advance the Sooners into that game. Um, didn't they, they split there in the regular season, didn't they Oklahoma and Kansas? Yeah. Yeah. They split, uh, Manic didn't play in one of the games, but, uh, I would think uh, that will be another close game, but uh, Iowa State I don't think can beat Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's lost four in a row, and you never know how that affects a team coming in. Uh, but I, I would think uh, KU could get by Oklahoma and take the season series two to one against the Sooners, but. I would assume it would be another close game. Yeah, you're right. Sooner's trending in the in the wrong direction right now, like like TCU. But um, so so Bill Self got to, was was talking about NCAA tournament seeding, and we've all looked at uh, bracket projections. Um, it seems like he's in agreement with what he is seeing from the you know the Jerry Palms and the Joe Lenardis and others that that look at this stuff that, who have right now Kansas as a three, kind of the the last of the three seeds uh, I've seen him, I've seen him as four seeds as well, but uh, self is seems to be in agreement with that. Isn't he? Yeah. He's thought that they uh, were the, one of the final three seeds or a four with a chance to move up. He did say something on his show about a two is not out of the realm if they won the tournament, but uh, he was talking about, Lenardi's and seem to agree with Lenardi that they were on the three line right now. Yeah, no guessing where they're going to play or anybody uh, is going to play. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're all headed to, to Indianapolis. Some of yeah. the some of the games might be at uh, at Purdue or or IU outside of Indianapolis, but everybody's heading in that direction uh, from here along I seventy uh, east to to Indianapolis. Uh, is, does anybody dare pick against Baylor to win this tournament? Um, I'm, I would pick them for sure, but anybody, uh, I think Baylor's one of the better teams I've seen in the big 12. Uh, that's not Kansas in, in several years. Anybody, anybody want to pick against Baylor? Well, I, I, go ahead, Drew. Uh, no, well, an interesting tidbit, uh, no Texas team has ever won the big 12 tournament. So, uh, Baylor certainly has a chance to end that drought. And you'd think Texas and Texas Tech give them pretty good uh, shots as well. So um, I know the Texas schools would like to end that drought and finally win the Big 12 tournament um, up in Kansas City. And it would seem this would be the year if there is any just with limited capacity. It's not going to be, uh, you know, just storming with KU fans or, or Iowa State fans in the past. So 
Um, but yeah, I, I think Baylor's clearly the team to beat just the way they play defense, how much talent they have. Uh, they're a deep team. Um, but again, you know, they, they have been suspect to, to have loss here or there um, to Kansas. And, and we'll see. I think KU could give them a run for their money. And, and West Virginia is an, another uh, team I think could get hot at the right time. I was going to say, I, I think, uh, I think Kansas has a real shot here. Um, I, I've never quite seen a team be left for dead and turned around quite so drastically as they have pretty much ever since they got kicked out of the polls that one week, they've uh, really found an identity on defense. And they remind me a lot of some Texas tech teams we've seen in the past, kind of like the one that they, they had that made it all the way to the NCAA title game where they just made life so miserable for their opponents that they would win these ugly games. And uh, I mean, maybe it's hard to say the Jayhawks can win the big Joe tournament after we saw them barely beat UTEP, but they are the one team that's beaten Baylor. And uh, it, they, they do seem to play well in Sprint Center. Sorry, T-Mobile Center now. Um, <laughs> I think if they're, I think they could do it. The problem I see with picking against Baylor is that they've got such an easy road. They basically have a double bye. No offense to K-State or TCU, but I don't see either of those teams challenging Baylor in the quarters. And then after that, they'll get, you know, the base, for them, they basically just have to win two games, whereas Kansas has to play Oklahoma in the quarters. That's not going to be easy all these other teams are going to be beating themselves up the whole way. So that, that's, the, that's the, the biggest advantage Baylor has. They got the one seed. Not only are they the best team, they have the easiest road. So they probably win it, but I, I think Kansas and maybe like Drew, maybe even West Virginia, just because of their offense, they could maybe give them some problems as well. And Texas uh, could be getting a three seed in the NCAA. And I still like their talent. They've got a really good team talent-wise, and they uh, swept KU this year. Only yeah. so uh, will KU win the third game out of that if they play? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest challenge for Texas is just going to be able to can can they get past Texas Tech? I mean, they've always struggled against the Red Raiders and Chris Beard. So, um, it, but I, I'm with you, Gary. If, if they can get past. Uh, tech. I, I think Texas has the talent to uh, make a run as well. Well, the, the two through seven seeds are so even. I've never really seen a, a tournament like this. You could legitimately argue any one of them could beat the others. That, that's the craziest thing about this tournament in my mind. It is. I, look, I'm, I'm, I am wildly impressed with Baylor. Baylor reminds me, I'll go back even farther. I Baylor reminds me of the way that uh, Iowa State once dominated, and this is long before your guys' time, but this is back when Marcus Pfizer and uh, Jamal Tinsley were were at uh, Iowa State, and they just rolled through the Big 12 one year and um, swept aside Kansas and everybody else, won the regular season and the conference tournament. And this uh, Oklahoma's had a team like that. And and Drew's right. Not only has uh, no Texas team ever won the, uh, the Big 12 tournament, the only teams that have won it are – Kansas, Iowa State, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. So if you take the original 12 teams in the Big 12 and then you add TCU and West Virginia, the additions, that's 14 teams with a chance to win the Big 12 tournament. Only five have ever done it. Only five programs have ever done it. So it's tough coming into Kansas City if you're, if you're from Texas. 
Um, in years where, as Drew mentioned, uh, Iowa State fans and KU fans filled the, and K-State fans certainly in the, in, in certain years have filled the, uh, helped fill the, uh, the arena. But this seems like a, a good year to, if, if you're not a Kansas or Iowa State, if you're from Texas and you got a team to come up here and, and, uh, and, and get three wins and, and, and get some momentum going into the NCAA tournament. So. The, the, the one more thing I would like to say about just the craziness of this tournament and the inherent uh, advantage Baylor has here is so on Thursday, just think about this. We're going to have most likely KU, uh, KU Oklahoma. That's going to be a game between ranked teams. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, game between ranked teams. Texas Tech, Texas, another game between ranked teams. How, how Has that ever happened before where three of the four games are all ranked teams? And then you got Baylor versus K-State or TCU in the other. So like I said, they basically have the double buy. That's the biggest advantage they have in, in my mind. You know, I, I've, I've got some, um, you know, I've got some hometown bias here, but year, I think year in, year out, this is the, this is the best conference tournament. And it's always uh, uh, in terms of ticket sales and atmosphere, you, you, you flip the dials and you see what's going on around, across the country in other conference tournaments. You see so many empty seats. You'll see that this year because of the, uh, the limited seating, but, uh, but year in, year out, this is, um, you know, this is the most exciting and, and, um, uh, and, and sort of a can't miss conference tournament. And just from standard of quality of play, I think that's, that makes the big 12, one of the, uh, you know, a must see for, for college basketball fans this year. So, all right, guys, Hey, great conversation. Thanks for hanging out. And, uh, and we'll see you in Kansas city. Thank you. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Correct me if I'm wrong, didn't, didn't um, Oklahoma State just go to West Virginia and win and Cunningham didn't play? They won without Cade and uh, Isaac Likely. So, so uh, yeah. quite a job by Mike Boynton, who self-thought uh, could have battled Drew for Coach of the Year. It, the other two things I didn't yeah. like about the, uh, the All-Conference team was, why do they have six people on the All-Big 12 third team? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody off there. Yeah, right. Well, well, what what I thought... Terrence Shannon, I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a good talent, whatever. But I don't think he belongs on there. Just cut his name off. Yeah, well, well I was actually surprised Mark Vital from Baylor didn't get on one of those first three teams. I mean, if if you look at defense, and, and obviously Marcus Garrett is kind of known as the best defensive player, but I would put uh, Mark right there up there in that class, and and you know he kind of got snubbed off the three teams, and I, I I know for a fact that did not go unnoticed by some Baylor fans. Yep. I would also say from from Kansas State's perspective, they don't have much to complain about here, but there was some was some uh, 
some anger that Nigel Pack didn't make the all-freshman team. And I think you could argue he, he belongs on there more than Jalen Bridges from West Virginia. But we're splitting hairs if we're going that far down the team. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But not, Nigel Pack was – wasn't he, wasn't he their best player? If there's a team MVP, is it does, it, does Nigel get it this year? Probably him or Mike McGurl, and McGurl was the one, the lone person who got honorable mention from Kansas State. So, some, one of the other coaches liked him enough to put him on there. I would have, I would have said Pack over Bridges. Bridges only averaged about five point eight points a game. Pack was at twelve. So, Bridges did have some good games down the stretch, though. So, I, I think some coaches maybe looked at that and just said, "Ah, he's a freshman. He scored twenty on us. Put him on there." <laughs> All right, just to just to um, get it on the record, the the first team was uh, Jared Butler, Kate Cunningham, Derek Culver from uh, from West Virginia, Austin Reese from Oklahoma, and Davion Mitchell, also from Baylor. So uh, Mitchell and Butler from Baylor on 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 the first team, and um, so Cunningham and Butler were the only unanimous selections according to the Big Twelve. And as uh, as Gary mentioned, that this is the coaches' team. Uh, there there is an Associated Press team. Uh, you guys, uh, if not all of you, vote on that. I'm, to be honest with you, I I put a little poor, put a little more stock in that team anyway, um, and uh, I, I think that the AP probably does itself a disservice by not having their team out first because whether you know whether a con- you know the Big Twelve will acknowledge the conference team in the record book. The conference team is is what goes in the you know uh, on the on the uh, on the records, but. Whatever team comes out first is the one that people talk about, and AP probably should have come out with theirs first. So, um, okay, um, moving on. the The Big Twelve tournament uh, is, it starts on Wednesday with a pair of games, and Kellis, um, Kansas State has a distinction of having played in the last Big Twelve tournament game of 2020 and the first Big Twelve tournament game of 2021. In a normal circumstance. That would be pretty cool, right? I mean, they, they, that means they played in the championship the previous year. Not the case, um, but uh, but it's no Kansas State TCU in the the eight nine game, and I want to get both Callis's and Drew's opinion on this. But Callis, let, let's start with you. Um, uh, K State is just playing you know playing their best basketball of the, la- of the season over the last two and a half weeks or so, and they've got to feel pretty good about themselves going into this. Yeah, um, I mean, they like where they're at, and uh, I would say some Kansas State fans would disagree with you that they were not in the championship game last year. <laughs> they were, they were the, the Big 12, they are the, the Big 12 defending co-champions here, tournament co-champs heading into this. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as this year goes, I mean, up until February 17th, uh, it, it was a, a rough season. They were 5-18. They'd lost 13 straight games, which is the longest in-season losing streak in school history. They lost to Fort Hayes, stayed at home. Everything was going bad. And then all of a sudden, hey, they go down to, to Fort Worth and beat TCU. And they beat Oklahoma back before they uh, were the number seven seed in the tournament. They were the ranked number seven nationally, actually. That, that shows you how deep this tournament is, that a team that like two weeks ago was in the top ten is playing on the opening day of this tournament. Um, and then they round things out with a win over Iowa State. I mean, unbelievably, they've won three of their last four. If they beat TCU, that will be four or five. And um, all of a sudden, you're looking at it and saying, hey, there's actually some momentum going into next season. And I think the big thing for them is just that they found some continuity in their lineups. And just uh, for whatever reasons, COVID, uh, injury after injury after injury, they couldn't get the same lineup and rotation out on the floor when they were losing games. 
now they've really started to find something with, with Nigel Pack and Mike McGurl as their primary shooters, Selton Miguel getting out and defending people. And um, they, they've, they've quit trying to, to play two big men at the same time. Now it's just Davion Bradford in the middle or Casey Ziago in the middle. Nobody else, all small guys. And it, it's working for them. So I, I'm skeptical they can make a run just because Baylor looms in the second round, even if they beat TCU. But you're, you're going to see their best effort. And um, I think the days of them you know, losing like they were early in the season are behind them. So what's the story with Antonio Gordon? Um, we, we don't have an uh, official, I mean, like diagnosis on him. Bruce Weber kind of vaguely said it was total health issues or the reason why he's out. Um, it, it's just basically at a point where I, I think they've given him a leave of absence from the team. Um, you can read into that what you want. I think there's maybe some disciplinary actions going on there on top of him just bit maybe being worn out from the season, but uh, he, he was not on the floor. He wasn't uh, anywhere at the arena when they played Iowa State last week. He's not going to be in Kansas City. Um, and uh, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see if he uh, can, can get out of the doghouse and, and play next season. But I think even that's up in the air right now. Okay, the other purple-clad team, uh, TCU, in this game, just the opposite of K-State when it comes to recent success. Right, Drew? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they've lost six of the last seven, and, and K-State <laughs> was a very bad loss for TCU uh, in, in Fort Worth, especially, you know, just how f- physical uh, K-State was. Uh, they won the rebounding battle, I think, by six or seven, uh, outscored them in the paint, 30 to 16. So um, TCU is definitely struggling, but, you know, kind of typical of the 12 and 13 team that had their moments. I mean, they swept Oklahoma State, so they have, they led uh, KU and Baylor at halftime. So they have had, uh, you know, some spurts where they played pretty well. Um, but it, you, you know, like most teams, they've, you know, battled some injuries. Uh, one of their best guards, Francisco Farabella, has been out, uh, pretty much the whole year. He's not going to play again this year. Um, so that they're kind of just trying to find different pieces. Um, but with that being said, you know, as crazy as it sounds, TCU still has an outside shot at the NIT. Uh, with the Big 12 likely sending the first seven uh, to the NCAA tournament, if the NIT wants a Big 12 representative, you, you'd think TCU's uh, kind of next in line, but they, they've got to beat K-State uh, in the first round to even have a, a shot at that. Yeah, TCU, I think, is one game under 500 overall right now. Um, so it, so it is – but look, that is a carrot out there for them. I mean, you can sell that. If you're Jamie Dixon, aren't you selling that to your guys? You've got – a postseason possibility if you come up here and play well? Oh, I, I, absolutely. And and I do think, you know, just from Jamie Dixon's perspective, he's never had a losing season. So um, right now they're 12 and 13. So if they obviously lose to Kansas State, <laughs> that'll be their first losing season. And, uh, you know, obviously the, there's some motivation there. And the NITs being played in Dallas-Fort Worth this year. Um, it's only 16 teams. And, and like I said, I, I don't think it's a guarantee uh, TCU gets in, but if the tournament does want a Big 12 team, uh, it, that's there for them. Um, and, and obviously, I, I know the NIT uh, is pretty familiar with TCU. Um, I'm sure Jamie Dixon's probably not too happy with that statement, but uh, that's kind of where, where they've been the last couple of years. Okay, that's going to do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith, the tip of the cap to Gary Bedour, Kellis Robinette, 
and Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram for stopping by and talking Big 12 Tournament. Hey, we've got another deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And what a time to subscribe. The Royals are at spring training. March Madness is here. And it's never not Chiefs season. So how do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at accounts.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we will be back on Wednesday with another episode.